Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where monsters need to be hunted. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Pew! Pew! Is that your hunting noise? That, Today that's we're my talking hunting. about Monster Hunter, because I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter. I had a crazy week that I'm not going to dwell on here in podcast form, <laughs> but my escape has been Monster Hunter, and I'm really, really enjoying it, so I want to talk about it a bunch. And I know you've played more than you did last week, even though you didn't get yeah. quite as much as you wanted to. Yeah, not quite as much as I wanted to. My week ramped up as well, but uh, and, and weekend, too. also got distracted by uh, Altered Carbon, which I'll talk about later. But, uh, but yeah, the... Uh, Monster Hunter fell aside a little bit, but it's not because I didn't like it. So that's okay. good. That's fine. Um, I guess before we get into like the individual things to talk about, I wanted to talk about the general feelings from like a top level because right. I finally feel like I get the loop of Monster Hunter after trying to play. I think this is the fourth Monster Hunter that I've bought or rented and attempted to get into. Holy um, cow. And I finally am, right? But I finally feel the satisfaction of that loop of like, upgrading your armors and weapons because you hunted a monster that you got the parts mm -hmm. from and right. the fact that there's no real leveling up i mean there's a hunter rank but a hunter rank is more representative of how much you've done it's not actually like a level that gives you any stats the only stats that come from this game are from like the armor and the weapons so yeah like defense and attack and like yeah. elemental resistances well, and, and attacks so some of it is like being able to take on harder monsters with better gear, but then there's right. a huge component of it that's just knowledge you pick up, you know, and this is like what some people like about Dark Souls and the, that whole genre of games is a lot of the improvement comes from playing the game and learning the patterns and learning the, you know, the the fights and stuff. This is the same thing, but it's monsters instead of whatever medieval <laughs> demons. Um, so I like that a lot. Like there are monsters now that I can take out without ever getting hit. And I could do that even if I had the newbie armor. Like, I could go back to the armor I started with and still take them out without getting hit just because I've learned those fights. Wow. That's astonishing to me is because I take quite a few hits. But that's kind of my play style and everything is I, I just get hit a lot. And so I've adapted to that with, you know, using potions and hunting for things like that and using the greatsword where I can guard and just stuff like that. So my play style has so far been pretty typical for me where i get hit and i have to accommodate it yeah i just dodge things like i i picked a weapon where i can dodge instead of getting hit or blocking or worrying about countering too much i can just like get out of the way usually well typically that's well, what i try to do me and getting out of the way aren't exactly uh best friends remember how they used to call me professor stands in all the fire in world of warcraft yes kind of the same kind of the same thing with monster hunter <laughs> Uh, but I mean, so from that like general loop perspective and like the high level takeaway is that I like it like it's it's I, and I know I said this last week, but the old games are slow to start and this one does a much better job of like getting to the interesting things and not having junk quests in the way. Um, I think that makes a huge improvement over the old stuff. And at this point, I think I want to see the credits roll. Like, I don't know. Okay, good. I mean, I might leave this. I, I, I probably will at this point leave this on my hard drive as like an evergreen game. I don't know how much I'm going to play it beyond the credits roll, but I think that's kind of in my head my goal right now. And I don't know if it will be once I hit high rank, which I'll talk about later. Like I'm right on, I guess where I am in the game is I'm right on the very end of low rank. And I think if I do one more quest, according to a couple friends, um, that will push me over into high rank, which 
changes the game in a bunch of ways. So, okay. yeah. How? I don't know if you're going to get to that later, but I don't know anything about that. Um, It basically unlocks hard mode for a lot of the monsters, and it will okay. give you access to, like, more weapons, more armor on the, um, the upgrade, like, the upgrade trees and just right. on the crafting tiers. And, yeah, it just unlocks a ton of extra stuff. It basically is, like, unlocking the end game before you have gotten to the credits. Does that kind of okay. make sense? Yeah, that that does. That's the kind of thing. Like, I didn't know if it was just different quests or if it was you get a whole new set of abilities and like a loadout or anything. Like, I didn't. I had no clue about that. No, it's. I, I think it basically gives you another version of the places you've unlocked that will have harder monsters if you choose okay. to engage with it in certain ways. I don't know. I'll probably have to report back next week after I actually am high rank, but that's kind yeah. of as I understand it is it gives you a, another level of difficulty, but it's the same monsters. It's the same locales, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay, cool. So that's kind of my goal. How are you feeling about it overall? Because I know you played a lot less than me, but you were still enjoying it last time we talked. I'm still really enjoying it. The only real issue that I've come across so far is just the repetitive is just the repetitiveness of it, where the repetition in any game like this really gets to me. And so the loop on this one is fairly basic in terms of you kill monster, you get parts, you make armor, and then you kill more monsters. Where it's not bad by any means, but I have no desire to consistently just do that. So whenever I've been playing it's i'll do a quest or two and then like okay i fought some monsters and then go do something else afterward where it's not something that's just keeping me going monster after monster after monster and i think my biggest frustration so far where i mean i, I i'm going into negatives here but it's like my they're the only things that that i don't like is i hate these monsters running away that if these monsters, I don't know if later on they, they run away less, but breaking up the fights into me having to chase them ar around in a circle is really starting to get old. Well, it so it depends on the monster. Some run away less than others do. Um, it never really goes away completely. But I will say in the defense of this game, having played three other versions of it, it was much, much worse when you had to load in between the zones. Because, uh, bet. like, you know on the map, they have big numbered zones. Mm -hmm. Basically, in the old Monster Hunter games, each of those numbers was, like, a self-contained zone. And if you left it, it would load between the loading oh, screens. It was no. brutal. So, yeah, that's no. one of the things that I like about this game is that it's, like, a seamless interactive world. And, I mean, have you seen the monsters interacting and fighting with each other? Yes. It's fantastic. I've used that to my advantage so many times of just hiding in the bushes, taking some pot shots, and then going and running away and letting the bigger monster help me with my quest, and then uh, waiting until it leaves. The, I yes. love how that kind of goes in, where it feels very vibrant, very organic, and just like I know, I think you and I were talking about it, I can't remember if it was on or off the podcast, where like I was really tired of fighting the great Jagras, I think is what it was called. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this expedition. And I walked out and the first big monster that I saw was this great Jagras. I'm like, I just killed like three of you. I'm so tired. I want a different monster. And it was just an organic, just event that happened that it was there killing some stuff and i just happened to pick a fight with it it wasn't something that was always there like that's really cool to me yeah i had uh, so a multiplayer battle i was playing with friends last night we had an anjanath I'm, I'm really bad with monster names i'm gonna apologize right here because i'm gonna butcher a bunch of them throughout the rest of the right. podcast but we had an anjanath which is the um 
the fire breathing t-rex basically mm. yep. we had a oh i always forget what it's called it's something kadashi something it's it's like a giant <laughs> electric squirrel lizard monster that's the best way to put it um and we had a Rathalos, which is like a flying wyvern drake dragon monster. I think those are the names. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, my descriptions are good enough. All three of them got into a three-way fight in an area nice. that we were. And we spent a good like four minutes just dodging out of the way while they all fought each other because they're so giant and we kept getting almost squished. And it was so fun to watch. That is awesome. I, I love monster movies, so that kind of thing just goes right up into the alley of stuff I love to watch for just pure and total, like, unadulterated entertainment and joy. It's just like, there are giant things hitting each other, and I'm happy about it. Yeah, well, and, like, I guess I haven't really felt the grind, which is the reason that I still like this mm. game. I only really played, like, each main story quest one time, and then I moved on to the next one, right. which is kind of a feature in this game. In the old games, they had, um, like, armor set bonuses right from the beginning, and this game has them, but only when you get further along the armor trees. So, okay. Right away, you don't have to worry about it. So I had just like a mishmash of armor, and I just kept going story quest after story quest, and I didn't really hit a roadblock until the first time I hit an Anjanath, which is fairly mm. far into the main story quest. It's like the end of the first area, basically. Okay. Um. So I liked that a lot. I thought that was a really good change that they made to the game. Man, I tried to kill him, and he does not like me. Um. I'm still way too undergeared to take him on. Uh. He uh. The, he is a he is a mean, nasty, fire breathing T Rex. The thing is, you're not undergeared. You just haven't tried it enough times yet. You'll get there. I, am... I mean, the gear will help. It, that's true. Gear helps. But just understanding the monster makes such a huge difference. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I realized even even when I died a couple of times, I realized that it was because of things I wasn't aware of with his hitbox and how I was dodging. That it wasn't that I was frustrated at him. Uh, again, I can't remember if this was after we stopped recording last time, but it was it was a moment where I realized I could have done better instead of getting mad that they had a wandering uh, monster that was too hard to kill. It was just like, yes. yep, There's a I, lot of feeling. I didn't dodge out of this. Along the lines of what you were saying about chasing the monster, I really like the scout flies in this game. The fact mm. that you can set a waypoint and tell them, like, yes. I'm going to track this monster, and they tell you the optimal path to get there, that didn't exist in any of the other games. Did you know that? No, I did not, because I've made use of that a whole bunch. Yeah, that, I mean, there are two features that I feel like are the killer features of this game that make it more accessible for me personally, and the scout flies are one of the two. Um, in the old games, you had to, like, manually get out a, and again, I didn't play them very much, so if I'm slightly wrong, forgive me, but you had to, like, get out a paintball and throw it at the monster, and then it would kind of tell you where the monster was, but only for a okay. limited amount of time. Um, I really like the new system of, like, if you find the tracks, if you find the monster, then the scout flies can always find it after that, as long as you're still loaded in the same map. That kind of wayfinding using waypoints is what makes modern games feel so much better than older games to me. Why it's hard to go back to earlier iterations, because it's just just, it is actual quality of life stuff where it makes no difference in terms of gameplay, really, but it just makes everything feel so much nicer. Yes, for sure. Um, I guess the other killer feature, well, let me work towards it with another thing that I think is interesting in the game. With the monsters, they don't have health bars. So if you haven't played this mm -hmm. game before, that's a huge adjustment to make. Um, I think I had, oh. I went into the game knowing that because I have played like three others, even though I bounced off of them. And 
in the past games, I never liked that. There is a cool mechanic where you can like see them take damage. You can see like when you knock parts off of them. You can mm-hmm. see when they start limping. You know if they start limping away or that you've yeah. knocked off a bunch of parts that you're probably getting close to the kill, even though there's no health bar. Um, there's also a couple things on the mini-map that you can see like a little skull icon near them when you know that you're close enough to capture them or you've almost killed them. Um, so oh, all of those, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, there's all these little things that the game doesn't necessarily explain, but once you see it, you're like, oh, that's what that means. That limping mechanic, like, oh my god, that just... it. It hurts me in the feels sometimes. Like the empathy I have for these monsters, I'm still going to kill it because I want a nice hat. But, I mean, (laughs) you feel bad about it before you get the hat, you know? Yes, you do. And I realized this completely outside of you saying this and writing in our notes because I was chasing something. I don't even remember which monster it was. But when when it ran away and started limping, that is the part that made me feel bad where it was like, I know this is a video game and it's like i'm not actually hurting any animals or monsters because i i am i'm a softy and i i won't i mean i throw crickets out of my house i don't even my mom has gotten mad at me for not killing flies like i literally won't hurt a fly and uh, she's been like you, you swat them and i'm like no it's just doing this little fly thing and so it's when this happened i was like but i kind of just smashed its leg with a hammer and now i feel really bad about it but I have to finish this quest. Yeah, and, and now like, you get a new I, hammer. I had to convince so like... myself. Yeah, I mean, I've been beating this thing with a hammer, but when it was like running away to its house to like go to sleep and like heal up with its family, I was all like, oh man, I'm glad this is a video game because it legit made me feel bad for it. Just the animations, like they're they're really limping away to get away from you. It's not as though it is. It's not like you just oh they're you know they're hobbling or it's like a video game when you cut a leg off of something and it still attacks you and moves like it normally does. It's like no, you have injured this monster, and it it might be like the most empathy that a video game has made me feel. Like more so than a lot of human characters I've interacted with in video games. More so when (laughs) than when they set up like a dog that you know is obviously going to get tortured or killed later in a game. Like that happens way too often. These monsters like. They're just being animals in the environment, and you're going and picking on them and killing them for a nice sword or a hat. I mean, you know, we all like hats. And hats is good. It's like the fact that it can make me feel that says a lot about how convincing the animation in this game is. So I had to point it out. Um, All of that to get to the point of the other thing that I think is a killer feature the fact that they have numbers when you do damage to them. This is something that was not in any of the other games. And I didn't know that. I just took it for granted. I mean, I didn't even think about it that I knew exactly how much damage my greatsword did versus the longsword. Well, so I think it's twofold, right? One thing is that in the other games when I played, I would be wailing on a monster for like 20 minutes and it feels like nothing happens. So I would just give up. I'm like, what's the point of this? Nothing is happening in this game. This time I can see damage, so I know I'm doing damage. The other part of it is that because I can see the damage, I know when I'm doing more damage or less damage, which which lets me learn the monster's weak points, which is something that never happened to me when I played the other versions oh, of the game. Oh, yeah. Like, think about all of the little gameplay elements that just that number over them when you deal damage can affect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I have completely changed how I, I attack them and, and just maneuver around them with my weapon and which parts of my combos I've used. Yep. Yeah, it's really fun. So a couple negative things, like it still needs better onboarding for sure. Um, it's it only it's better. Yeah. It's the best of the series. It's still not good enough and they need to improve that. And 
it has time limits. I'm never a fan of time limits in games. Um, I've legitimately only hit a time limit once doing a main story oh. quest, but it was still super frustrating. And they're usually like 50 or 60 minute time limits, so you, you very rarely ever have to worry about it. But just knowing it's there is kind of a little stressful. Um, they do have expeditions, which you were talking about earlier, that let you just kind of go out and explore. So I'm glad they have that option. And I don't like time limits on that, but for me, it's almost the opposite. It's because I go in and I see a quest and it's got a 50 minute time limit and I realize that I may not have time to finish this, where I realize that if it's going to take that long, I prefer games that move a little bit quicker than that. So I'm like, if this had a 30 minute time limit, I would be able to to really pace my time out and know that I wasn't going to have to chase this monster for 45 minutes, like literally chase this monster. I mean, I'm not even using it in the metaphor oracle oh we're hunting monsters we're actually hunting it's like no beating it and then chasing it and then beating it and then chasing it like literally chasing it well for 45 minutes to like some of the single player versus multiplayer thing so which touches on one of the other things i don't like is that there's no pausing i know why it is yeah i, I don't think they can legitimately change it so i'm not going to hold it against the game it's just something that personally it means that i can't really play the game until my kids are all the way down for the night which sometimes is like nine o'clock so that part kind of sucks, but that's just for me. I mean, I, I think the game is better for being always online, so I'm totally fine with that. I'm curious. I haven't tried it, but I mean, in single player stuff, what if you suspend it? Like, what if you hit the PlayStation button? Is it still actually moving and running around in the world in the background, or does that? Yes. Okay. No, it's it keeps going um, because you're always online, basically. I so gotcha. That gets into the multiplayer, which I think that the multiplayer design is. Okay, hang on. First of all, I should say <laughs> multiplayer when I've been playing with real friends online is the most fun I've had in Monster Hunter. With that out of the way, I have to say their multiplayer implementation in this game is horrible. It is so bad. Have you tried it very much yet? No, I haven't done it at all. Other than, I mean, I've, well, no, no, I haven't done it at all. Okay, so let me talk about the good part of it first, the SOS flares. So did you see those or touch those Yeah, at all? I haven't done any of them yet, but yeah, I know, I know what they are, how to send them up, all of that. Yeah, so basically um, anytime you're in a quest or an investigation or whatever you're doing, you can send up, an, not anytime, uh, if it's a main story quest, you first have to go unlock the cutscene, which I'll talk about that in a second. But in general, you can send up an SOS flare and anybody who joins in the first 10 minutes after you send it up or like start that quest um, will get the full rewards for that quest. So it really incentivizes players to just jump in with you and get full quest rewards and help you out. So grouping up with random people is easy because you just pop an SOS flare or if you know what monster you're hunting and you want to help other people there's a whole sub menu in the quest menu that you can go look for SOS's and you can sort it by mission or you can sort it by monster you want to hunt like there's a lot of good options there where you can instantly jump into a multiplayer game and know that you're helping someone and you're getting full rewards for it all at the same time so that whole part is really cool so if you haven't played with it much you you should you should seriously oh, I really do that. should yeah so sos and rando multiplayer is actually fairly strong the implementation here it's trying to play with friends that is just a disaster like uh. I, there are so many half leftover concepts from the fact that this game used to be a handheld game that you would sit in a physical location next to your friends to play it like, oh okay have you seen what you have to do to get no. into multiplayer with friends <laughs> 
I I find that multiplayer on consoles is kind of obnoxious anyway. So like I don't even like having to get in on Battlefront with people because it's way more way more awful than using Steam or not Steam, but using Battle.net or anything like that where you just hop in, you do things where I'm already put off by it being on PS4 for multiplayer. So if it's even worse than that, I am astonished. Okay, so I don't mind console multiplayer as much as you, because usually you just jump into a party, and then if you're in the same game in a party, like your party leader can queue you up for whatever, you jump between all the different things together, right? Different menus, different quests, different instances, whatever. Like, you have a party, it travels together. This is a core tenet of multiplayer on consoles, right? Okay, yep. Yeah, that's not how it works in Monster Hunter. It's... Okay, so when you are playing online, when you're like in your hub or whatever, you are part of an online session that is up to 16 people. So if you want to be in that same session with your friends, you have to like go out of your way to find them or to join their session or to party up with them and then join a session together. But just because you're in the same session and just because you're in the same party does not have anything to do with whether you're on the same quest or hunting the same monster or doing the same objectives. After you do like the session part, it's probably better to join a squad, which is kind of their version of a guild, but even that doesn't really ensure anything. Like you can be in a squad and be in different instances, you can be in different sessions, you can be in different quests. Um, there's no easy way to just jump into an active quest from one of your party members unless you already know it exists and they've set it up in a way that you can get into it with a password. The the best way that we found to do it is to get on headset with your friends and then all get into the same session so you can kind of see when each other posts quests or posts whatever and then make sure you're already verbally right like check with people before you do anything and then if you are in a group and you are in the same session and you're in the same party you can have somebody start a quest and then tell you that the quest has been posted and then you manually have to go over to the quest giver and then search for that quest and then you can join it. But if they opened it up so other people can join, you want to make sure your friend put a password on it so you don't get randos in the game with you. Um, oh my. There are so many extra steps here. Like, your party leader should be able to just hit one button, queue you all up for a quest, and just send you on the quest right away. Like, that's how it should yeah, work. That's how it should know? work. That's how, yeah. like, everything it's, since 1999 has worked. That's... It's not. It's just that's not how the game works. And then the other thing that's really annoying is if you're trying to help somebody with a story quest. Um, so say I want to get a story quest done and you've already done it. Well, let's do right. it the other way because it's more true that way. Um, <laughs> this is true. So let's say you want to get a story quest done. I've already done it. Yes. What has to happen is you need to be the leader who posts the quest. So you go post the quest. You need to right. jump into the quest and start doing it. I can't join until you have gotten far enough in the quest to have viewed all of the pre-fight cutscenes. So oh, man. most monsters, the first time you encounter them, you get a cool cutscene to like introduce you to the monster. Until right. you have seen that cutscene, you can't invite other players into your quest. So that means when you're doing story missions, there's no easy way to do the story campaign together with friends. You can only have somebody who's already beaten it come in and join you at a later date. Because I don't know why. I, I don't know why they chose to do that. It's just, that, it's uh, horrible. That That is, this is so backwards. So the multiplayer sucks and Capcom needs to do better because it's a console game. It's not a local multiplayer handheld game. But 
when you do get into a quest with your friends, it is so much fun. Like it is, it's so much fun. This is the most fun I've had in a multiplayer game in I don't even know how long, honestly. That's, I mean, I I can only imagine how awesome it is when you're playing with friends hunting the exact same like super hard monsters. Yeah, I mean, and just to see people using different weapons and you, you kind of, I mean, the monsters take a while to take down, right? You're usually fighting yeah. for like 20 to 40 minutes, maybe. It depends on how all out you go and what monster you're yeah. fighting. But there's time to talk while you're taking them on. So you're talking about strategy. You're talking about, oh, dodge or watch out for this. But you also start talking about things like, hey, I've never used that weapon. How does that weapon work that you're using? So I'm learning things about like the insect glaive or the the Kinex sect blade Mm -hmm. or whatever that I'm like, I think I want to try that out later. And um, last night, one of my... Yeah, well, last night one of my friends picked up the charge blade because the other friend that was in the game with us had used it before. So he was basically acting as a coach while we were fighting the uh, monster so that cool. our other friend could like learn a new weapon. So that was That's really cool too. great. Yeah, the charge blade looks really cool. I played with it for just a very short time and went back to the great sword. But the charge blade is really cool. Yeah, and I just like the long sword. I, I need to branch out a little bit, but I'm... I'm being very successful with the longsword, so I'm kind of hesitant to put any resources towards anything else at this point. I will eventually at some point. The other thing I want to do, so like multiplayer is is a ton of fun. It's just hard to do, and it shouldn't be hard to do. It should be pretty frictionless. Um, (laughs) But I still like hunting monsters. I really like this game. I've probably put like 30-ish hours into this game, and I'm going to put more into it. Um, This is, I, I like this game way more than I thought I would. It was a big surprise for me how much I actually ended up latching onto this game. So the other thing I wanted to do really quick before we jump off the topic is just like a quick, not even Q&A, but almost like some resources that I found as I was getting into the game that helped me. So I guess, first of all, do you understand how Hunter Rank works? Yes, the uh, very basically, but like you had said earlier, it was getting access to more stuff not necessarily leveling up that as you complete things you're basically just earning experience toward toward being a a more higher ranked hunter i guess so there's two parts to it you don't actually earn experience it's entirely tied to the story quests well experience as in the actual you're you're earning experience not experience points like you you have experienced those things and are now able to move forward what experience points represent (laughs) yeah the abstract not the actual points right so it's like how far you've made it in the story quest until you hit a certain hunter rank. I think it's like 20-ish, and then it's it's based on just like, I don't know, other stuff. But mostly it's how far you've made it in the story, um, especially when you start out. Uh, a good resource for learning weapons is there's a YouTube channel by a guy who calls himself Gaijin Hunter, and all of his stuff is so good. It's like the best resource online if you just want to watch videos about how to use a weapon or what this system in Monster Hunter does because it doesn't explain all the systems well at all. Gaijin Hunter is a really good source. Uh, one of the things that's better this time around is they have in-game references for locations and monsters and resources. Like it marks stuff on your map. Um, so there's, nice. There's a whole research center. There's like a biologist guy that you can go to and you keep leveling up your knowledge of the monsters and you slowly learn like what parts come off of different areas of the monster, um, which areas are weakest to which types of weapons, things like that. And all of that unlocks in-game, which is a huge improvement from before. There's stuff about capturing monsters do you know how capturing monsters no. work because i felt like no. it was never actually explained 
I have no. You mentioned it earlier, and I figured we would get to it later on. But no, I have. I have no clue. So capturing monsters starts out the same way as killing monsters. You have to get them weak. Um, you basically right. have to wait till they start limping, and you know they try to run away usually. Sometimes they just go and they lay down in a nest. Either way, you have to lay down a trap so that they get there's like a shock trap and there's a fall or like a pit trap, something like that. Okay. So you have to use a trap to trap them. And then while they are in the trap, which only lasts for like 15 seconds, maybe 20 if you're lucky, mm. you have to go over and pull out trank bombs, which hopefully you remember to pack trank bombs and uh. throw them at the face. And you have to get like three direct hits to the face. And if you do that, the monster will go unconscious. And instead of getting a kill, you'll get a capture and you don't get to like carve it like you do at the end of a kill, but instead you get a bunch of extra resources at the end of the mission. Okay. So what benefit is capturing versus killing in terms of in terms of those resources? Like um, what it's it's different resources and also you usually get more resources if you do a capture instead of a kill because it's mm. a little bit more complicated. Does it come back in any way other than that? Are you able to like build an army of of or, of monsters or, or have them as pets like a hunter in World of Warcraft or anything? No, you get to go look at it in the home base and laugh at it because you captured it, but that's about it. Uh. And well, only that's temporarily. Mean. That's almost as mean as uh, as like li it limping away and you go in and beating. It's like, oh, I'll put you in a cage. <laughs> yeah. Stupid dinosaur. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so one of the other details that I found confusing that I still need to figure out is like food and cooking between quests. I know you should always eat before you go out on a quest because they give right. you big bonuses. So do that. But I don't I don't actually know the system. I need to learn it better. But just there's my pro tip. Eat before you go on a quest. It helps. Um, like Zelda's was fun. Breath of the Wild had cooking and, and eating where I felt compelled to do it, that it was it was interesting. And this one is just like I'm going through a menu and I'm having these kitty cats cook me some fish and then I go away. It's like it is it's an arbitrary step to get a bonus that's not interesting yet. I hope it gets interesting. The only thing that gets more interesting are the cat cooking animations, the palicos. Those are pretty sweet. But no, okay. that, it, the system never really changes at all. Um, so, And you can't, and, and if you guys are waiting, one of the things, talking about resources, you can press the start button or whatever the start button is called on the PS4. Is it options, I think? The, the one on the right, that's the start button and always will be. Uh, it skips cutscenes like that. So if you're watching, you know, making armor over and over again, you can skip the initial cutscene through stuff like that in the in the hub i can't remember the name of the town but but you, you don't want to skip the cat cooking cutscene because it's awesome every time every single time <laughs> so the the other thing i should mention are quests because and this is something that bugs me about the game so this is kind of a tip but also kind of just like getting my gripes out of the way there are so many different types of they're not all called quests but they're all basically quests it feels yep. like in any other game you would have a quest log and these would be like sorted into categories, but they would all be in your quest log in the same place. Mm -hmm. That's think. not the case at all. Have you run into this very much? Yep, sure have. So there are quests, like you would think, but there are three subtypes of quests. There's assignments, which is like your main story quest. There's optional quests, and then there's mm -hmm. extra quests. Is that right? What's I the last one? I think that's what it is. I think it's extra. Event. If it, not, it's that's event. what I'm Event. Okay. Event. I was about to say, it starts with an E. It does start with an E. Those are your three subtypes of quest. 
But outside of quests, you also have bounties, you also have investigations, and you also have deliveries, which you have to go to a completely different person on the completely opposite side of the town and like register your bounties before you go out and do anything. They're basically Which like gathering quests so or like sub quests or like, yeah, other stuff that you, you just kind of want to be automatic, but no, you got to go out of your way and make sure you turned in the latest ones and then picked up some new ones. Investigations are ones that are optional quests, I suppose, but you have to go to a different menu and register them before they will show up in your quest log. I don't yes. know why. It feels like extra steps for no reason. Yeah, and that's really the biggest gripe that I have with this game, is it feels like there are extra steps for everything that shouldn't be there. That it needed just a little more tightening up. That the game is great, but there's just a little bit on the systems that they could have used another like two passes of quality assurance on there to be like, this one's not quite fun, you guys. Yeah, and you know, a lot of it is just, it feels just left over from the series that hasn't been refined down yet you know like some of it is because of i'm sure some of it is left over because it was a handheld game first but there's other stuff that's just kind of inexcusable it's like these are extra steps for no real reason i don't know why they haven't fixed it yet so over time things are getting better but again this game is systems heavy and it's not always intuitive um i guess my main tip would be Go have fun killing big monsters and stay mostly on the main quest line and it'll get you far enough. You don't really have to engage with most of the systems until you get into like high rank and later. And I like that, honestly, because when a game tells me that I have to do a bunch of side quests and gates me out of the main story that I'm interested in, which I'm not interested in this story. Let me get that out there, too, that I that, that it's terrible. Like, really, I feel like the story and the uh, all of that is just it has not caught me at all. And but I want to get through that part of it as opposed to just going and doing random side quests. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Any final thoughts about the game? I, I I like it so much more than I thought I was going to. I'm glad that I got I actually did get it on sale. So I was really glad about that. I think I paid like 45 bucks for it on PSN with discount that was on there. So I was I was happy about that. And I was but at the same time it's like it is a good game. Somebody had tweeted me and now the, the their their name is leaving me uh that if there was ever a $60 game that was worth it, it was this one where because they've spent so many hours on it just already and I can totally see that that there is so much content in this game that it's ridiculous that other games even open world games a lot of times don't have this much content in it from what I'm seeing yeah I mean I I know that there are a lot of destiny streamers out there that have bounced off of destiny 2 and are moving over to monster hunter because there's so much more content in monster hunter which is saying something I mean compared to the original destiny a game they played for years and years Um, oh you mean original destiny that they're they're bouncing off of not destiny 2 well people who like played destiny 1 and set up you know as big like mainstream streamers for destiny and then destiny 2 came out and they moved over to destiny 2 and because destiny 2 just isn't interesting to them they're now moving over to monster Hunter. oh i got you okay yeah so that's worth pointing out um i guess my final thoughts uh this game legitimately surprised me and i'm liking it way more than i thought i would and in solo mode it is also well or with randos either way um it is a fantastic podcast listening game so i am doing yeah, a lot of that but- with one headphone in at night and one ear out for monsters, it's it's a really good way to kill time for me at the yeah, moment. I can absolutely see that because like I said, I'm not interested in the story at all. It's just 
poorly crafted, I guess is the way to put it. It just doesn't seem as interesting as a lot of other stuff. But this one, uh, I could totally see doing that. I may be doing that next time myself. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, okay, let's jump over to a little bit of network talk. Our network is awesome. We love everyone on the Geek to Geek podcast network. Um, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea this week. They talked about Roswell, the show, not the place. Although <laughs> you could also say it's kind of about yeah, the place. Um, Geek to Two with Joe Hogan. He talked to somebody about building droids, and it was really cool. Like building droids for cosplay purposes but also just for having like r2d2s around why not it's pretty sweet it is um, so awesome like it's um you can do bb8s like as smaller crafts for groups out of like paper mache and uh some 3d printing stuff and it's also they're doing that at one of the public libraries here the one my wife works at and it's it's really cool seeing that come together yeah it's really sweet and then this week rob had on the comic box um the comic box go search it and listen to it uh he had a black panther prep episode and i learned a ton about black panther by listening to that literally this morning so that was a really good episode and if you're gonna go watch the movie i highly suggest listening to that first because there's no spoilers it's just a bunch of background that's really interesting to listen to yeah it popped into my feed and i was like oh my goodness i'm gonna have to listen to that because his prep episodes are my favorite ones that he does they're really good every time he does a prep episode i'm like yes like i get excited i mean i get excited every week when his stuff hits my feed but those are like a little bit of extra excitement uh we should hit on the geeky offer of the week but it kind of ties into my geekery too so book recommendation Uh, if you guys want audible you can go get a free book on us and it helps the podcast at audibletrial.com slash geek to geek cast this week i'm going to recommend something from my geekery so let's jump over and talk geekery let's start oathbringer I beat it. I beat it. I finished it. That's how you say things when you finish <laughs> that a book. Is, that is how you say things when you finish a Brandon Sanderson book. I like did you beat, beat it. it. Yeah. You I beat did. it. It was so it wasn't it was a good book and I enjoyed it all the way through, but it didn't turn into a page turner for me until the last fourth of the book. But right. I think I took like two and a half, three weeks probably to listen and read most of the book. I did eventually get Whisper Sync working so that I could do both. Good. Um, so I, I was making slow and steady progress over about three weeks. And then last weekend, I hit the final quarter of the book and it mm. picked up. And I just sat down and I read that book until it was done. Like that was what I did with my Sunday. When you texted me that, like I got the message about you finishing it. Like uh, you guys, he sent me a a screenshot of the end of book three of the Stormlight Archive, Oathbringer or whatever it is, however it says. And then like two paragraph long text messages after that talking about it. And I, I I check my phone like as I'm, I'm walking out of a theater and I just laugh because it's like he was so proud that he finally finished it. He had to take a screenshot of it. It well, was like I mean, those like books it was, are an accomplishment. Yes, it was. It. You beat and, I mean, you beat those books like those things are gigantic, epic fantasy tomes. Like when you finish it, it is a good feeling of accomplishment. Like Jennifer makes fun of me because she's like, are you still reading, you know, Words of Radiance? And that's what she calls the series, the Stormlight Archive, because that's the one that she's heard me talk about the most and um i'm like yeah i'm on the second book of them right now she's like how far are you and i'm like uh 40 or 50 percent and i was like that's about 500 pages though so you know it's not bad she's like i don't understand she's like it's so so like they're huge they're just they're massive but they're so good like i'm still on the one right before oathbringer so i'm super excited to get to it because i'm seeing so much more stuff in words of radiance that i cannot wait to see how it pans out 
and there are characters and events and concepts from other things in the Cosmere that are slowly getting tied in. Um, most of the things I'm picking up on are from the novellas, but I'm sure you reading through, you're picking up on a lot more. So yeah. I, I need to talk to you about it, but you have to finish book three first, which I yep. know is probably a ways away for you, but you'll get and- there. Right. It's a ways away, but it is consistently a ways away where, I mean, it is, I'm working slowly and steadily toward it, just like you are. It's just, I'm further behind. Um, and because I can't work with audiobook stuff on, that's one thing that really drives me crazy is because I write and have to come up with new content. I cannot listen to an audiobook. Like all of my stuff about WordPress would be talking about shard blades. And I really don't think Nathan would like that very much. Probably that, not. Uh, I don't no. th- I know. But okay, I jumped ahead in Geekery. What do you have for this week? Um, actually, I have a Geekery uh, the same way that you do, where you guys can go to audibletrial.com slash geek2geekcast and download Altered Carbon, what, which is uh, based on one of the Netflix's new shows. It's a cyberpunk detective way, noir story. Around. What, what did I say? You said it was based on a Netflix show. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, it is... I'm not Which cutting is, any of that out. We're we're still recording. Everyone's oh, okay. hearing all of this now. That's fair. Where it's uh, it, it's one of my favorite audiobooks, and it is absolutely fantastic. It's detective noir cyberpunk. It's great, and this book is phenomenal. And, and just so for the I've, record, the show is based on the book, and the show is based on the book. Yes, there and you go. I've been I've listened to these audiobooks. The first it's a trilogy, and I've listened to these audiobooks probably six or seven times a piece. Like, they're great, and the narrator is just brilliant. And um, the third narrator, I've never listened to all of the third book because they change narrators and they mispronounce the main character's name. Um, his, name is, his, his name is his name is Takashi Kovach, and or in the show they're calling him Takeshi, uh, Takeshi Kovach. But the um, there's a part in the first book where he's talking about how his name is hard to pronounce, and he goes through and it's explicitly like phonetically says, "This is how you say my name," and. And in the third book, uh, the the narrator kept calling him uh, Takeshi Kovacs. And one of the things that is that there's a running joke throughout the books that he gets mad at people when they call him Kovacs. And the narrator does it all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not listening to this. Like, they put so low production values on that third one. But that said, like, I nerd out on all of this stuff because I love this series so much. And I've been waiting on this Netflix series to come out and instead of waiting on Jennifer to watch something I really want to share with her like I usually do I've completely thrown that away and any spare time that would have gone to Monster Hunter this week has gone to me watching Altered Carbon and I'm halfway through the series right now it's a 10 episode season and um, it's brilliant like they have done such a good job on casting and getting everything put together where this is one of the few adaptations of a book that I'm sitting there look like Jennifer will be in the room not knowing what's going on because she's missed like an episode and a half and I'm just like this is what Takashi Kovach does like they cast him perfectly like when I think about the way stuff looks and the way that they they show it in the show is exactly that like they have they have the tone of this where it is this dark noir melodrama that as uh, um, at Omnipotent Seal on Twitter one of my oldest Twitter buddies said that it but it's this but it knows it's that so it's not taking itself so seriously 
it's like you watch it and it knows exactly how ridiculously noir it is and it just leans in where it passes over that boundary of where you roll your eyes and be like oh my goodness how do you take yourself so seriously all the time into yeah i go with this i'm going you're good you're good and it is it's one of the best tv shows i've seen in so long because they did not ruin a property that i was so excited for that it really did like and they didn't ruin the adaptation of it because you can't ruin the original text but you they they only enhanced everything for me and because it's first person you get a lot more into other characters and you see other aspects of the world that you can't get from a first person detective novel like i'm i'm all in if you can't tell so i really want you to watch this because i know you like cyberpunk stuff too and i just want to uh, before you start it to know that it's a serious noir that doesn't take itself seriously and i think watching it you'll know what that means yeah i mean I mean i have read the book and i liked oh, it have you okay yeah. okay good i no, didn't I've, actually think you had read the book i've read altered carbon I, I don't know okay. when it, it's been a while wasn't recent but i did read it and i remember liking it um i'm sure the events would come back as i start to watch the show i off the top of my head yes. i don't remember a ton about it but i remember that it was good and then i'm glad i read it i didn't realize it was a trilogy so that's news to me yeah. but yeah besides that like i'm it's on my list i will get around to watching it it's just a matter of when yeah understandable that's kind of the way i've been with a lot of stuff and this one the only i didn't even know it was out that netflix didn't actually advertise i usually get emails about new stuff or see it somebody was talking about it on twitter and i was like is this out and they're like yeah and i'm like oh my god and i literally went right then loaded up on netflix and stopped what i was doing <laughs> i've been so excited for this cool i like the other so, thing you did this week too you got to yeah, talk I, about it because I've seen them on Twitter coming uh, through. I, so I, I'm, I'm training for this half marathon and I hit the halfway point of my training uh, this past week on Wednesday. It was the, the dead point, uh, dead middle. And so the training is the Hal Higdon um, half marathon training and the, the weekend training schedule was to do a 5K race. So I looked and there wasn't a 5K race locally. There was nowhere uh, to actually go do a race. So I decided... Um, see what I can do on the internet. And I didn't really find any virtual 5Ks going on. So I was like, I can make one. So I went uh, one morning before work and put together a virtual 5K for the public library here for the teen program on it that I've worked with a little bit. And prom and anybody who donated, I called it BJ's last minute $5 virtual 5k for literacy and uh, made these really awful MS paint banners for it and like this really awful MS paint race bib people could download and promised everybody who signed up for it and finished uh, and sent me their time and distance that I would make for them a really terrible finisher certificate in well no excuse me that would make them a masterpiece of a finisher certificate on uh, out of Microsoft paint and uh, we raised about excellent I they love are, them. They make me really happy, and it's like I won't be. I'm planning on doing this again because I made about ninety one dollars for the teen program, which is going to help them do a program, which I think might be uh, a live action, a life size version of Hungry Hungry Hippos with ball pit balls, baskets, and 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 teenagers strapped to skateboards. Um, that might be what this money goes toward. So uh, I'm really excited about that, and. Um, because that's ridiculous after I saw the video of it. And, um, but I'm planning on doing this stuff again to help support the library and these kids and probably for youth services and the, the little kids, uh, next time. But, um, 
the next time I'm not going to ha- be able to do every single person a, a completely individualized uh, picture at the end, but I wanted to this time. I think I did a dozen of them, and it was so much fun to put this stuff together, like just ridiculous, awful MS Paint uh, art that I did. Like I spent all morning, like all before work one morning uh, doing this, and then throughout the day, like it just, it made me so happy putting these together. Like I can't even describe how terrible they are. Um, I'm hoping to put, a, I, I need to put them on Imger, Imger, however you pronounce it, and uh, so and sharing the link with people so that y'all can see all of them. But we had a good turnout. People really cared, and it made me like, super happy to see people respond and be like yeah i want to i want to give some money to the library that i don't even know i mean it was it was awesome cool i'm glad it worked out i really like seeing them come across the twitter feed as you've been sending them out to people i'll ha- i'll um, have to send you the entire like like i said i have about a dozen of them so i need to i need to send you some of them because they're they're good yeah for sure um like i said i had i had a hard week for a bunch of reasons that i don't want to get into but i mostly played monster hunter so i don't have a ton of other geekery um i have still been playing fire emblem heroes like i play of course literally every day um and i just wanted to mention it again because right now is their one year anniversary event so if you've never jumped in now is actually a really good time because i think for logging in all you have to do is like log in once and you get like 50 orbs which is a ton of in-game currency oh, wow. yeah. yeah and then they have daily quests right now too um more so than they normally do so there's like daily events going on where you can just get tons and tons of orbs over the course of the whole thing so you can draw lots and lots of heroes um anyway if you've heard me talk about it and you don't know when a good time to get in is because it is a gotcha game um now is a really good time so i just wanted to mention that and then the other thing that happened this week is that the solo trailer came out like the first real minute and a half trailer and it looks fine like it it looks fine um I'm it looks see the better movie. than I thought it was going to. It looks approximately how I thought it was going to. Okay. I thought it was very much like I thought it was going to be like it's it's well produced. It has high budget. I'm sure it'll be fun to watch once. I'm going to enjoy my time in the theater with it one time. I still don't think it's a story that needs to be told. No, but it doesn't. Like it, it's a movie that I'm going to have fun with at least once, at least once for sure. They uh, Jennifer put it like it was a paint by numbers Star Wars movie. And that's really accurate, I think, where it looks better than I expected it to because I thought they were going to go like Rogue One full on gritty and they didn't. So I appreciate that where it still looks like a Star Wars movie, but it doesn't look like just like in that same era of, uh, you know, pre like not pre empire obviously but a pre episode four that i was expecting to look kind of dirty you can tell it's in that transition period and so i really like the aesthetic they went with because it's different than i expected i guess i thought that it was gonna basically be what it is there i haven't seen anything yet that is surprising um the only thing that looks slightly more interesting than i thought it was gonna be is lando with donald glover i love i'm I'm really bad with actor names but um, after seeing the trailer, I'm like, I'm kind of more interested in him and that yeah. character than I am in anything else that the trailer showed at all. But it it looks like the kind of movie that I thought they were going to make. So I'm not really surprised in general. And I'm right there with you. I mean, it's the movie that they've 
they're going to make. I, I mean, we that we knew it was going to be. And Donald Glover has always been the draw for me because I love him. And um, I also, the one other thing that really caught my attention, I don't know if you saw it, I'm sure you did, was that the inside of the Falcon is clean and pristine and white and sleek. And uh, it's, uh, it's not dirty and roughed up and a uh, piece of garbage yet. So I'm really excited to see what the rest of the Falcon looks like. Yeah, um... Like that's I want to see Han beat this thing to death. Like that's something I mean, that's really exciting to me is seeing it get destroyed and get to be the Falcon that we know. And so I really like that it's a, a new ship and that he didn't win a junker from Lando. That Lando being this this uh who he is that he had a, a pristine Millennium Falcon that wasn't always a piece of garbage. Yeah, I mean it's probably the story of him winning the Falcon also from Lando. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. And him being a friend with Chewie and a bunch of other stuff that's going to be extremely predictable. And, you know, he's going to learn the value of friendship. I know he is. He's probably going to do a heist, too. <laughs> like, it's you're right. It's it's a paint by numbers Star Wars movie. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm surprised. But I haven't seen anything yep. that makes me think it's anything but that. The only thing that I don't really like about the fact that this Falcon is so pristine is that in the and this is just because of how much i got into the old star wars like legends universe that doesn't exist anymore the falcon is supposed to be like really really old um yeah and this makes it look like it's not all that old it makes it look like it's new ish by the time that han is in his 20s or 30s so yeah i don't know I, I i don't know how i feel about that but that's i mean that's just a side thing in general it looks like a movie that i'm going to enjoy at least one time that's yeah, I mean, it, basically my it, reaction. Yeah, and I've even since we've we've talked about this since Rogue One came out, like I've looked more forward to Solo than I did Rogue One. And that this one may be more my kind of movie than Rogue One was, and Rogue One is more the your kind of movie than this one may be. So I'm I'm not surprised that I feel slightly more positive about this one than you do, but which actually also surprises me that I do based on how little I like Rogue One. Well, I don't feel negative about it. I feel very neutral about it. Like the same way that I feel like a lot of the Marvel movies, I suppose. Like, oh yeah, yeah I want to watch that. I want to see it when it comes out. Um, I feel a little bit more strongly because it's Star Wars. So it's not just, hey, I want to see right. that. It's I want to see that on the first day in the theater. But beyond that, it's it's not how I feel going into a saga movie or like um, Rogue One. I kind of felt the same way with like this is a movie that I'm going to revisit over the years and get more and more out of uh, and really become attached to as part of the Star Wars legacy. This is a movie that I want to see, but it's not a movie that I need to exist in the world. I don't feel like yes. it's going to add a ton to the universe. That's fair. Yeah. OK, so not to end just on a kind of note. But then let's end it on on another note. Then they announced today, as of this recording, that they have given the Game of Thrones people I uh, can't remember their names uh, a new Star Wars series as well. Have you read that? No, no, that's they did. That's they too much news right now. Yes, I know. I, I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> No, there's... That's, that's how I feel about it as well. To be have... fair, that's how I feel about it. But um, but but they did announce that today, so I wanted to get your initial reaction on it since we hadn't texted about that today, and that's perfect. That's the reaction I needed to get. That's 
have you seen the other series that they got green no okay no that's too big of a discussion we're done um you can write to us <laughs> comments suggestions or feedback our email address is geek to geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek to geekcast we also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek to geekcast and we're on slack too so go to slack geekcast.com for an invite and kill part of your work day with us and remember that we're also part of a podcast network like we mentioned earlier so head over to geek to geekcast.com to see if any of the other shows need to fill up your podcast feed i blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and i'm on twitter as at professor beach that's beach with two e's and i'm now vlogging at runningshoes.tv we've been void and beach with your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks bye geeks Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.